0: Good morning. Happy Friday once again to everybody. It's Maker That Money back with you live on YouTube, just like we are most Fridays, 9am Pacific. This is the podcast where we talk about turning your hobby into your jobby. I am Pooch of RepCord with me, my trusty co-host, as always, Mr. Andrew (laughs) Mayhall of 3D Gloop. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Good morning, Pooch. I'm doing I'm doing well. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. And uh, with us our special guest today, Mr. Chris Weigand. Am I saying that right?
1: Uh yes, Chris Weigand. Weigand, I'm sorry. Chris Weigand.
0: Weigand. Right. Potato potato Weigand Wagon. Okay, Weigand. Right. We're going to do Weigand. Uh Wigand. founder uh of retro maker 3d now uh many of you who are in the 3d printing space which we love to be in uh i've seen his handiwork uh i i was lucky enough to meet chris uh at the rocky mountain rep rap festival that happened back in what was that march when did we go to that the end of march yeah man been a minute um but we hit it off uh chris is an incredibly talented designer, jack of all trades, maker of all sorts. We're going to get into your background and and all of that and what your goals are for retro maker 3D, but uh we gre- first we're going to do our housekeeping and uh and just to give you a heads up, we always like to start the show, Chris, with uh our wins of the week. So we think of something that's positive that happened either in our work lives <laughs> or our business lives. Uh, but we, we try to keep it positive with that. So we will give you a couple minutes to think through that while we do the housekeeping. In the meantime, <laughs> greetings to everybody in the chat on YouTube. If you're listening back uh, on your favorite pat- podcasting platform after the fact, uh, this is a great way to interact with us, feed us questions and comments. Feel free to join us. I'm seeing a lot of uh, our usual suspects in the chat, Pez Liz, Josh from CAD Class, 3D Musketeers, Photos Mint. Uh, you want to talk about d- design gods? That's a great one to have in there. Good to see you, <laughs> Alex, uh, and uh, uh, some new faces too. Sun Turtle Camper. Actually, we've seen him before. in Charlie Shop Stop. So good to see all of you guys. Uh, if you would please do us the kindness of doing the like and the subscribe and all of that stuff, so that we can uh, make sure that you know YouTube is giving us our our, our proper credit. K2, Kevin. Uh, good to see you buddy. Uh, in, Inix in, 3 in, in d uh, our friend left Terrace uh, out of Slovakia all the way. Good to see you. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, chum nerd with no vowels, a very vowel, uh, averse individual. <laughs> um, all right, Andrew. Give us a, a win for the week, if you would, That is does not involve... <laughs> and I know what you're going to say, I think, but it does not involve your retail no. packaging this time. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, no. Um, okay, so uh, major win for this week. Uh, Gloop has a new team member. Um, what? You know... <laughs> Who, yes, is it? Who, so, who is this mystery individual well we're not we're not saying who yet oh, oh okay if you want to meet him if you want to meet him you got to come to open sauce july 15th and 16th you'll get to meet him in person um a you him. know okay it, so his uh,
0: his pronouns are he him
2: okay yeah him? okay <laughs> yeah if you go with that yes it's he him <laughs> all right all right
0: well let, as always we love the mystery uh to that so congrats on the growth of the team that's a, mm-hmm. that's a huge, huge win. Uh, Chris, what, what do you, what's something that's positive and awesome that's been happening in your life these days?
1: Um, well, I just, uh, celebrated my 50th birthday. And because of that, we actually uh, went to a long vacation, uh, across the ocean there in Italy oh for three gosh. weeks. Oh, wow. So I just got back from a big vacation. Unfortunately, I'm re- also recovering from being a little sick because of that, I think, but, <sighs>
0: Well, I guess
1: the good news is that I'm better for this uh, podcast.
0: <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Well, we're that's glad you're great. you're healthy again. You. We're sorry you got the ick from travel, but I hope it was a uh, mm-hmm. awesome trip and you got to see a lot of stuff. How long were you in Italy for?
1: Uh, almost three weeks.
0: Okay. So how much of it did you get to, to tour through? Where where did you hit the big touristy spouts? Did you yeah. go on the back roads? what did you do?
1: A little bit of the back roads. Actually, I've been to Italy uh, several times before and never been south of Rome. So we decided oh, to do a trip. Um, south of Rome, we went to a little town on the coast called Spurlonga, mm. which is like an, a very Italian beach town, um, not a lot of tourists. And then we did do the Amalfi Coast for a little bit beautiful. and then ended it up on a farm in um, a, a place called Paestum that has all these Greek temples that are still preserved. It was amazing. Wow. But definitely off the beaten track.
0: That's that's my favorite way to to travel uh, hands down, you know, like not mm. uh, not doing touristy stuff, but trying to get to see like the way that the you know, the real pe- the people live and and exactly and do stuff. So that's that's really cool. Very good. Well, we're, we're happy to have you. Thank you so much uh, for my my win mm-hmm. for the week. I'm going to say we, we kicked off a successful summer here in the Puccinelli household. Uh, kids are already fired up. We've already done some basketball camp and lots of arts and crafts time. And, um, (laughs) this is, this is fixing to be one of the best summers so far, uh, in terms of just like, you know, kids are older and, and more, um, you know, independent and, uh, excited to try different things and do different things. And, uh, so we've been having a blast. We had a fantastic father's day a couple weeks ago where we all went rock climbing together Um, so it's a, it's a good, a good balance. It feels like a healthy balance of, of work and life. And my, my kids are in that sweet spot right now where it's like, they still think I'm, I'm cool and they're still interested in hanging out a little (laughs) bit, but I can see that that's, you know, okay. But now I want to go play with my friends and, and that's, that's great, you know, so all, all good (laughs) things, all good things. Uh, Tell us in the chat, everybody, what your positive win for the week was uh, Liz, I'm calling you out. I know a lot of you guys got to go to Murph. We both missed Murph. We all three missed Murph at, at Murph. Yep. Uh, so we mm-hmm. wanna hear about that. That's the Midwest RepRap Festival for anybody listening back and saying what, what's Murph. That's a big 3D printing festival in Goshen, Indiana that just happened. Uh, and uh, yeah, like I said, we love hearing it all. I'll look through and maybe read some wins in just a little bit. But while we're waiting for people to comment, Chris, why don't you give us the quick background on who you are, what you do and what retro maker 3d is.
1: Okay. Um, what I do mostly now, um, recently I've been a stay at home father, um, Ooh, for a couple of years you. now. That's a yeah. big job. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm in the same zone with the kids being at the the right age. I've got an eight at 12. So yeah, it yep. works out well. Um, But my background is in design. I went to school for architecture and then got into graphic and web design for many years afterwards, um, I guess the late 90s, early 2000s. Ended up back in the um, housing industry, I guess. I was a home inspector doing home energy audits and um, housing rehab uh, for people, helping them fix their houses. And unfortunately, I uh, had an accident and broke my back which um, kind of changed things for me uh, several years ago um, right before COVID and then COVID hit um, decided to be a stay at home dad and kind of pursue this creative passion that I have, which is designing these 3d models. Um, The way that I started was, I guess, about 10 years ago, I really got into um, miniature model train layouts. Right. Um, I'd seen one at one of my clients houses and remembered like as a kid loving you know the model trains and actually setting them all up doing the diorama all the houses buildings things like that so it kind of reignited my passion towards that um, what I found was I wanted to do an Italian layout and I couldn't find a lot of the kind of size models there there weren't a lot available so I started designing my own um and then sending them out to uh, Shapeways mm-hmm. to have them printed back then. And that was, I guess, back in 2013 and 14. Mm-hmm. And I did that for several years until I um, got my own printer, I guess, right around 2020. I got a, uh, a Elegoo Mars resin printer and started printing off my own. Mm-hmm. Um, started selling some on eBay, um, just painting and and working on my layout, basically. And that's that's pretty much the how it, it all got started. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got Covid got me kind of into streaming. I was on um, Periscope, which uh-huh. is the Twitter streaming platform, okay. and then transferred from there to a, a short-lived uh, streaming app called HaPS, uh, where I used to stream a lot of my design work as I was doing it and showing off the models and then also befriending a few people. It kind of inspired me to get into the whole retro maker scene. Uh-huh. It's, it's kind of a funny start. Um, one of my friends that was on there is an is a live action puppet named Homie uh Homie Homie. Your 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 friend
0: is a live action puppet?
1: Yeah. So he well, he does like a he did streaming on a bunch of different platforms where he's an animated like he does he builds his own puppet. Uh-huh. And then it's a foam puppet and he's you know acting and oh, doing wow. all these really fun things with backgrounds. And we became pretty close and he was just like one day, hey, I'm designing this marionette break dancing um, puppet and I've got this little Bluetooth speaker and I want him to have a boom box. Uh-huh. So I was just like, well,
0: I could design a,
1: a boom box that would fit a 3D speaker. And I guess that was probably three years ah. ago. Okay. Yeah.
0: And that's how wow. that all came to be. That's cool. It, it it
1: is. Yeah. And then I was just like I love retro stuff. It's kind of, you know, I'm 50 and you know, my childhood was in the late 70s and and most of the 80s and I just started recreating all this stuff that I remembered and kind of making my own versions of it. Uh-huh. Uh, some radios, um some little miniature TVs, things like that. Uh-huh. So he kind of cool. got me inspired into doing it. And, you know, I started doing resin. And then actually, I guess it was only about a year ago that I finally got into FDM printing, um, you know, with filament and everything. So okay. that's changed the whole way I'm thinking about designing things. You know, I'm designing much larger things than I used to. Um,
0: gotcha. Around here.
1: <laughs> So, yeah, so I guess that's a lot of kind of where, where I've come from. And um, it all culminated, I guess I started releasing models on Thangs and printables back in November. Okay. Um, and that seemed to go really well. I had a, uh, a design just that came out after Thanksgiving that was a, a snow globe. That became really popular and actually won the, um, the holiday contest on printables. That's right. It's the, the light up snow globe with the, uh, the votive candle mm-hmm. in it. And um, I was like, wow, people kind of really like this stuff. Maybe I should continue doing this and, and see what I can do with it. So that's where I'm at with it. Uh, the Rocky Mountain uh, Rip Rap Festival was my first kind of event and meeting a lot of people. Got a ton of positive feedback. It was really awesome. I got to meet you and yeah. you know, all, a lot of people, it's, a lot of great people. So
0: it's I I can't recommend this enough, guys, that when, when you get the opportunity to go out and physically in real life interact with a lot of these people that we are in communities online with, it just changes the dynamic mm-hmm. of things dramatically, right? It like, gives you just some great context to who that person is that you just don't seem to get in the same way just from chatting online, even if it's you know private and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. glad that we got to connect And then I got to, like, oh, you know, like actually hold some of your design pieces online because I've seen a ton of, you know, photos and, you know, videos of it in the back. And I'm like, oh, this guy's got some serious talent. Uh, The coasters that you did as your swag that you gave away. In fact, Liz is talking about she gave a bunch of those, like 80 of those away, um, is like probably one of the best advertisements for Polymaker I've seen in a long time, right? Because you got like tons of just like beautiful filament combinations. And you can tell, you can see your real eye for design in that uh just that alone and never mind all the all other amazing stuff that you're you're doing and it's so neat to see a lot of your kind of passions and hobbies colliding with whether it's the trains pieces you you were i thought you were really smart to uh integrate uh, you didn't even mention it but um the the um the piece from zach friedman uh the um I'm I'm trying to blank on it. Uh, oh
1: yeah, right. The Gridfinity, <laughs> the, the Gridfinity system. Gridfinity, yeah. So I did a Gridfinity system for n scale model trains. That includes a little track, like a display system, and then those display system oh, wow. cartridges can actually fit up into a like a Gridfinity frame. Mm-hmm. So you can yeah have like different size depending on what car or engine that you have in there.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah, that that was pretty popular too it just seems like you know i get these ideas and i just have to to make them and (laughs) actually in the last year with the fdm printing and all the filament colors it's just opened up a whole different way of thinking about it because i was so kind of stuck in the resin world where it's just like Mm -hmm. you know solid colors and then i'd go back and paint them really intricately and do all that stuff Mm -hmm. but now i can see so many opportunities with all the different filament colors and styles absolutely and so combining them, that's another thing that I like to do is, is, you know, I've been doing these um, almost these prints where there's different layers of different colors and it creates a, a background. Like I have these little inserts that go into the TV. That's like, you know, from the Spider-Man show or, know. you know, just different <laughs> things. Yeah. Um, and guys, the, and all now all of you is in, out. And,
0: yeah, I was going to say, oh man, you Forge. yeah, I'm sorry. And
1: I'm, I, that's what I've been doing actually in the last week since I've been back. Yeah, I downloaded um, Hueforge and I'm going nuts with it. I've probably made six or seven prints so far. And I just love oh, wow. that world too, because it just, you know, the artistic creativity, you can get images and, and do all sorts of things with the different layers and Yeah, so exciting get, time right now.
0: Tell, tell our listeners uh, that might be, you know, listening back, like give them the quick uh, details on what Hueforge is for anybody that might not know that.
1: Sure, Hue Forge is—it's a, a software where you'll take an image, bring it into the software, and it basically breaks down brightness levels so that you can—you can set it into as many layers as you want, basically of color, or you can do shades of black and white mm-hmm. um, to create an image that's almost photorealistic. But it, when you look at it, it oh, actually looks like it's painted on because it's actually the filament is going layer over layer and depending on what colors you use they interact differently mm-hmm. um, they have different transmissive qualities to them so you know some of the lighter ones mm-hmm. um, bring out the colors from the the other background mm-hmm. um, layers and it's very you know it's 0.08 millimeter layers that you're laying down so super fine layers
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been eager to play wow. with it. Uh, it just seems like <laughs> it just came out of nowhere, uh, and it's just all the rage these days in the in the three D printing world. So it's like kind mm-hmm. of an interesting evolution of, um, like lithophane meets. Right. Uh, I guess it's technical. I mean, it doesn't require because it's it, you're looking at light going through it, so it's not requiring backlighting necessarily. Right. Although not- there may be application for that, I don't know. Um, I I'd seen um a couple examples of, of people doing a little bit of like CMYK style blending, mm-hmm. uh, before mm-hmm. like, um, uh, Jason Proust had some great demonstrations of that and whatnot. And this is just an interesting piece of software that really seems to be, um, taking it to the next level. Like originally when I looked at it, it reminded me of the old like Photoshop days where you could like duotone or tritone things. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I guess conceptually mm-hmm. it's, doing that but it's it's working on that light transmission it's more sophisticated than that right it's not right. just like mm-hmm. you know pointilizing and and blending it's actually <laughs> it's, using it's, yeah. light coming it's, through it,
1: it's vectorizing yes, the pixelated yes. image basically and creating uh the shapes which i was actually doing kind of manually before Hugh forge came out where i'd actually go in and kind of trace you know images and be like okay well this is going to be this color and then I'm gonna do a couple of ah. uh, filament swaps on this piece and then it's gonna fit into this other color piece. And now Hueforge is like, it's still like you're limited in terms of kind of a range of colors. You, it's not like you can just do a full, full color yeah, um, sure. piece, at least that I've figured out how to do yet, unless you do multiple <laughs> prints, I guess, and put them together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I see. I see the future there. It reminds me a lot of stuff that I was doing back in my graphic design days. Mm. So, kind of brings that all out so
0: gang if you're interested I know this is a you know a podcast uh, first and stuff like that but if you want some visuals on some of the things that we're talking about there's a link tree and some direct links to a lot of Chris's models in the buy bi- uh, in the uh, description of, of this uh, on our YouTube page here um, highly recommend like looking at it to get some context to some of the things that we're talking about because it's incredible stuff uh a couple comments to to focus on uh photos mint says your mini tur- turntable is a seriously cool design nice work there good compliment <laughs> from one of the masters of design in uh, in our space win for the week for cad class uh our, our good buddy uh josh over at a uh, cad class uh he says they went viral on reddit with their new book on on fusion 360 and hit number one in 3d printing which is wow that's huge on reddit man come on yeah that's way to knock it out of the park. Oh, oh my gosh. Also, it's K2 Kevin's birthday today. Shout out to Kevin. Oh. We'll give him Happy a quick, birthday, Kevin. We'll, we'll mosh for you really quick here. <laughs> Happy
2: birthday.
0: It's only 30 seconds. Don't worry. That's the, this is the death metal mix. There it is. You're welcome, everybody. Nice. Hopefully, head headphone warning. Uh, yeah, too late after the fact. Amber, hello, good to see you. Welcome to the pod. It's uh, always good to see uh, new faces in the chat. Um, okay, so to carry on, I, I one of the things I wanted to point out that you mentioned that I think is really uh, you know familiar to both Andrew and I, where it's like you, you'd said something about you were looking around for things that you were interested in and couldn't find it. So you said, I'm going to make my own. And I think that's like such a common origin story for a lot of businesses. Sometimes, sometimes it's just a side hustle or whatever. Um, And you, you build this audience and this community a lot of times, and it starts to really occur to you, the magnitude and the potential of like a lot of these things. And so, it sounds like you kind of got bit by that bug and were excited and encouraged by a lot of it. And uh, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of one of the driving forces that's, you know, moving you forward as you go. Is that a fair assessment?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I want to put things out there that people enjoy. You know, that's one of the things that I I loved about the snow globe was that the reaction from people and how much it affected their holidays, the stories that I heard of like giving it as gifts and, Mm -hmm. Just how special it was for people, you know, just really like, kind of brought it home that it's just not for me, you know, I could have all these things, but I want to share them with people so that they can have the same kind of fun and And, relive the memories of whatever retro memories.
0: And it's so great that we have all these systems now in place that allow us to 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 share that way, and hopefully do so in a way that can be uh, sustainable as a designer as a business too. So I know you you were one mm-hmm. of the founding uh, or, or original people to to kick off on things with uh, mm-hmm. uh, the um, the partner program on there to help you know monetize right. some efforts, which I think is fantastic. Um, and I know I know we're seeing more and more of that with other platforms um as well and again guys the the links are in the description so if you want to take a look and support what Chris is doing we highly encourage you to do so we love supporting our fellow maker businesses in every way we can uh one of the cool things about Chris's designs you'll probably notice off the top of uh, immediately when you're looking at it uh especially if you go to his Etsy store is the combination i haven't seen a lot of people combine resin and FDM mm-hmm. the way that you have in a very creative way so a lot of these really uh those ornate what would you call those like the 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 shades the, the, yeah, the,
1: yeah the the swag lamps the yeah the swag retro swag lamps, lamps. Retro swag. swag lamps they they yeah they used to kind of hang on a chain yeah. um but yeah mm-hmm. that, i got a ton of re- response from those those are sure. definitely the, by far the most favorite of everyone's but yeah it was recreating those and and i was like well i can make these resin gems and i really got into all the dis- different transparent resins and then hand coloring some of them yeah um, to get the effects that wow. i wanted and then putting them into a an fdm print because i at at the time i didn't have a printer that would print something that large they're about i guess nine inches tall yeah and you know mm-hmm. about four or five inches around and that just wouldn't work on my resin printer so i was just like i got to move to fdm to to get the size that i want with these mm-hmm. and then and then they all came together and so yeah it's pretty cool people really uh it's, like it's not the style
0: it's it's absolutely it's not just pretty cool he's being humble it's amazing uh and it's like i said it's a really neat example of like some mixed mode work where the the lattice so if you guys want to envision this i'll tell the story a little bit but the he's got these yeah these, these swag lamp covers or however you want to call it but the 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 lattice the framework he's holding it up uh to show it is done in fdm and then he mm-hmm. resin prints these beautiful gems in like amazing colors that complement each other really well and and are, are they press fit do you glue them how are you actually affixing them into that um, that lattice y- frame they
1: are glued in mm-hmm. that's true yeah they they i wish they could just press fit because it takes a while to glue them oh, all it's got to be laborious uh, that <laughs> large one yeah it's like 126 gems so it takes me two or three hours to make to oh, assemble wow. one
0: yeah yeah i'm here and then just again.
1: and finding the right glue that'll work with resin and um, PLA,
0: yeah. you know. Yeah, so those are that's available. Those are available on your Etsy store. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Etsy. So check check that out. Those are really cool. And wh- one of the things that surprised me about them when I was uh, looking at them at, at uh, Rocky Mountain was they're 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 hefty. They've got some substance to them because they're just like dense resin gems. And yeah. You know, oh, I'm sure it's, <laughs> it's a cool cool design, guys. So uh, good on you for that. Let's um. Let's pivot for a second and talk about kind of like we we heard where you got your start. We heard the origin story. You, you're very clearly a creative individual. Uh, is this uh, you mentioned? You know, you'd done some home inspection stuff, and you've had to do a career change because you you sustained a major injury. Um, so it's not exactly your first like involvement in a business. Now I don't know when you were doing the home inspection stuff. Was that your own home inspection company, or were you working for somebody else? Um,
1: I was working for somebody else, actually, and I was okay. working for um, doing county work, actually doing um, weatherization work for uh, Boulder County. Okay. So I was actually going into people's homes, low income people that needed help uh, with their energy bills, uh, with their houses, just in general, a lot of um, neglected mm-hmm. maintenance and stuff. So Gotcha. So what yeah, I'm getting working at- in that.
0: Mm -hmm. is tell me what your goals are is your goal to, to start an actual business and make a guy. I know you're kind of, it sounds like it's you're in that interesting side hustle space and you're trying to feel out the, the, what the product and the community and the, the ink, the revenue streams are, what are your goals? What are you thinking right now? And I know it's ever changing.
1: Right. Um, Well, what I'm thinking is that I'd like to continue to, to do this um, 3d modeling and producing the models, um, selling them, you know online and then also um, potentially selling them at some maker events um you know some craft fairs here that are local um it's you know just the response that i got i have a feeling that they i'd be able to sell quite a bit and so i'm just looking at that that space um trying to figure out the best way to put them up um etsy's just kind of the option that i've gone with because i've been on there for a couple years but you know potentially even getting my own websites you know doing all that type of stuff but that's kind of where i'm at is figuring out what i'm going to pull the trigger on and and where these are all going to go mm-hmm. plus looking at the, the whole um the membership the patreon type model of mm-hmm. uh, just selling the, the models themselves um, the files um yeah, yeah. I, I mean that's basically where i'm at and just trying to figure out how far that's going to go like um yep. you know i've got a I actually was going to start a um, home inspection business right when COVID hit, and then COVID hit, and then that kind of dampened things. But I do have an LLC that I, I still have open mm-hmm. that I could use basically.
0: Nice.
1: I'm debating whether I should start a new one. You know, a lot of business <laughs> type uh, issues that I'm not totally 100% on that I, you know, I could use some advice or assistance, I guess, need to seek that out.
0: And And I'll tell you what, I think this is a very common uh space to be in andrew i don't know what other individuals that you've Mm -hmm. you know come across but i feel like it's in a lot of conversations um it's it's one of the you know common maker challenges right where it's like we're not typically business Mm -hmm. people when we start off and we're you know there's a lot of there's a lot of potential directions you can go and we're kind of feeling it out and navigating it um you know what uh I, I I just see endless potential for you, Chris. I think the challenge is like, what do you focus on first? Where are you going to go? And obviously, thinking about it sounds it sounds great that you've got some framework in place. You've got some ideas, but you've also got time to go through it. And there's not a there's not an urgency to it, so you can very much organically build it uh, and experiment as you go. And if you find that you know your theories aren't working in terms of like, well, I'm not getting a lot of, res, uh, you know, revenue on my Etsy store, mm-hmm. but I'm getting a lot more attention from selling models. Maybe I go more that way. Mm-hmm. There's great ways to kind of spread, you know, go wide and feel that out. I don't know, Andrew, what are your feels in terms of like advice for people that are getting their start like Chris here? And I, I mean, a lot of times, assessments?
2: yeah. It, I mean, a lot of times I, I you know, I, I think it's just throwing science at the wall and seeing what sticks right. you know uh, you know just feel it out see what's going to happen um you know when like for for instance when we started with gloop like you know we did a we did a kickstarter to see if there was interest uh, and it was kind of the lowest barrier to entry because you know we kind of figured we were going to have a product that was going to continually sell time and time again so it was like okay well that seems to be the best route but you know i mean for anything like you just Just see what works. Uh, I I don't think there's anything wrong because we learn by doing, and we learn a lot more from those failures than I think we do from that instantaneous success too. Right. Um, Because it allows us to like kind of refactor and reforge these ideas, um, you know, and find the best path. So that's what I like about the maker spirit too, is because I believe like that all exists inside of us. Uh, where we're constantly trying to make something better, whether it's just for our own personal reasons, whether it's a business that we're trying to start, it's we're, we're constantly thinking about these things. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Chris, you 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 mentioned like, oh, maybe I should get some you know advice around that stuff, but it, I can see how it just like uh, maybe it, it it certainly doesn't sound like a priority. You're in a, you're lucky that you're in a space where it's like I think you can kind of dip your toe in and you can kind of navigate and figure. I'm very out
1: fortunate. Stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's a great, that's a great position to be in because I don't think, uh, starting, you know, a venture like this under any kind of like financial duress is ever a good look. Uh, but I know that's the, you know, that's the hardest thing for a lot of us. It's like, how do I know how much runway I need to have? Like, what kind of investment do I need to put out there? Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, so, so, you know, a lot of us are lucky that we have a partner that we can rely on for some exactly. you know, stuff like that. And, uh, and, and, and that's great. That's great.
1: I'm I'm very fortunate to have a spouse that has a very good paying job and has a <laughs> lot of stability and and health insurance and all that stuff. So I'm very fortunate <laughs> yeah. that way. Yeah. So it's re- really basically you know bringing this hobby into you know a, a small business and seeing where it goes. That's that's what I'm hoping mm-hmm. for. And I have the full support of my family, which is also awesome, and I'm very grateful for.
0: That's awesome. That's that's great to hear. Have you have you gotten to involve your kids at all? Or are they t- do they take any interest in any of this stuff?
1: Yeah, yeah, they like the 3D printing and I'm actually um, planning this summer to to help them kind of learn some of the design stuff instead of just printing some stuff out for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting them a little bit more involved because they yeah, they're interested. They're kind of at that age and I think it'd be great. Sure. Um, you know, I might even i've been thinking about possibly doing something with with their schools you know an after school club um d printing um i was involved with the pta and so i don't know things like that i like to volunteer at their schools so it's something that now that i've got a couple printers and you know some (laughs) some know-how with the fdm it took me a while you know there's a little bit of a learning curve Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. plus i didn't start on the best machine but (laughs) Now I have a better <laughs> one, so it helps a lot. It's it's, it's all part of the figure process. it all out.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I've definitely. actually. So, oh, go ahead, Andrew.
2: Oh, okay. No, I mean, I was going to ask, like, you know, I know that, um, you, you know, you said that uh, you studied or were, were trained as an architect. Mm-hmm. Like, how how was that transition from, um, you know, it sounds like you've gone through a couple of those transitions, but how uh-huh. was it kind of moving into this? kind of design for 3D printing space, um, you know, and, and kind of learning that because I, I know that this is a whole new blossoming industry still.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, it was definitely interesting because, you know, I learned actually when I went to school, we didn't even learn AutoCAD. It wasn't like part of the curriculum in the early 90s, at least at <laughs> the school that I went to. So I had to learn it afterward and kind of struggled with it a bit. Uh, I was more into the graphic design aspect of Design, I guess. I was doing industrial design stuff, doing posters. I um, realized cool. that, you know, the, the architecture school I went to Virginia Tech and it was really multidisciplinary mm-hmm. in terms of design. We took a lot of different classes on printmaking, uh, photography, ceramics, all sorts of stuff that, that oh, wow. you wouldn't necessarily think for an architecture education. Um, so it was an easy transition when I got out of school to start working for, I was actually working for ad agencies doing that you know that dealt with uh, home building and so I was doing a lot of graphic design for them and for me it was exciting because I was learning all these different software programs I was being mentored Um, but then yeah I I got back into the the CAD portion of it I use a a program called SketchUp which is kind of like Fusion 360 um, to do a lot of my work Um, I've been dipping into Blender recently mm-hmm. um to learn that and to get more kind of organic shapes mm-hmm. um and you know that's something where i have a lot of development still yet to come with yeah um, in terms of sculpting but yeah it's definitely an interesting world in terms of um the architecture because you know now making models that are actually like watertight you know and actually figuring out mm-hmm. you know all the different aspects of of the 3d design for printing um so
0: yeah. <laughs> that's that's great. Um, yeah, Grant in the chat saying, ew, SketchUp. That's funny. I actually started, <laughs> yeah. uh, SketchUp was one of the first CAD packages I started on, but it was mainly because we were doing some home remodel stuff. I know it's, it's got deep roots in the architecture and uh, structural mm-hmm. realms and stuff. Though, so a lot of the tool sets are designed around that. It was never really meant to be uh, a CAD package for like product design stuff. Um, right but i know people there there were plugins so that you could kick out stls and stuff like that of you mm-hmm. know varying success and stuff and a lot of times it's just about going with what you know right so it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. uh you know it's good to learn new stuff but we want to be able to iterate quickly and uh i honestly for product design stuff i got my start on tinkercad and i started mm-hmm. uh, that's what i took to my kids school and just kind of did some like really rough classes on that and it's just you know, kids pick it up like, like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's very intuitive. the Boolean model of, of doing add, subtract, um, and the way that kids perceive shape and, um, stuff where it's just like, oh, you know, the ice cream cone is really just a, a cone with a, you know, sphere on top of it, or a house is, you know, pyramid with, you know, on top of a rectangle. And so it's like, they can kind of start to see when I add shapes together, when I subtract shapes, and then you just go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, what Autodesk has done to integrate that and try to encourage people to move over to fusion. And, you know, mm-hmm. obviously Autodesk, desk packages uh, are robust and many uh, Autodesk owns a ton of different platforms. Um, mm-hmm. Blender, you mentioned Blender, Chris, that's one that mm-hmm. I've, I've downloaded and I've like looked at it and then I just noped the heck out <laughs> of there. Um, I'm sure that's gotten, you know, more robust as we go. Now that's an open source platform, right? Mm-hmm. So Um, there's, there's tools that are free are free freemium or whatever, like, uh, free CAD and stuff like that too. And again, a lot of it is you get what you pay for. Um, some of it is, you know, uh, we go where there's robust training for it. So, you know, Josh in the chat has, they they realized like, Hey, fusion is very popular in our space. Uh, it's, it's a more affordable, um, Mm -hmm. Package probably for a lot of people that are getting their start than say buying a SolidWorks license is, which is mm-hmm. oh, yeah. historically been <laughs> right. the the package of choice for the you know machining uh, space, I guess, mm-hmm. or or just professional design, product design. Um, but there's a ton of options, and the right one for you guys is is the one uh, that you have access to that you're comfortable with, and and then as your needs change, you just have to be comfortable with uh, pivoting and adapting, and you know. I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer. I don't know if you have any feels, Chris. You've probably been exposed to a number of different software tools with all the various you know, expertise you've had. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
1: and I always love learning new software. What's great is that if you have a basic knowledge of a lot of the software, it translates to other software packages. Mm-hmm. So the more you learn, the easier the other ones seem to get.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe like um, analogous to like learning languages, like once you get the basis of like how a lot of romantic languages work, it becomes a little bit easier. Uh, Programming is the mm-hmm. same. It's a lot of times it's just syntax, yep. right? It's uh, learning right. Yep. And, and finding good ways to, like, I don't memorize syntax, but if you know, I have a general flow of an architecture of a code or something like that you know mm-hmm. moving between languages isn't as is difficult uh, on shape yeah uh, is mentioned in the chat level bedded sure. XYZ that's a good one at the moment too I I, I haven't gotten to play with it a lot uh, I know that it's it's very heavily cloud-based is that right um, mm-hmm. and you know it seemed pretty robust when I when I'd looked at it too so that could be a good affordable option for anybody that's looking to get into some product design stuff as well. Lots of more options than ever. I mean, it is what a time to be alive, right. In terms of like all, the, oh, yeah. all the tool sets that we have available to us. That's true. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As a designer, yeah. you remember back to like the early days of Photoshop and all this stuff and how far. Oh, yeah. Like
1: that's I remember Photoshop 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> I think I started using Photoshop back in like 94 or yeah. something. Oh, wow. Before, before it even had yeah. like a clone stamp oh, or like even right. like, just it,
0: some really basic fundamental it, tools. Exactly. Now. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> right. So it was great learning all those uh, graphic design programs um, back in the day. And now it's just like there's so many different options. And then. It's a matter of like what what I can afford licenses to in terms of what I'm using them for. It's kind of striking that balance of yeah you know, free stuff to How That's much am I going to pay for something and what's the return on that? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, and 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 in the maker space, I mean, we're, it's such a common story, right? Like a lot of times we get started in a hobby and then we're like, okay, how am I going to like justify this? Like, do I you know sell mm-hmm. some stuff so I can pay for these printers and pay for this software, right? right. You know all that stuff. So it's. Uh, I mean, I'll I won't lie. Like that's like a lot of the way I got started with you know my printers, and I put them up for you know on the in the early days of 3D hubs and you know all that stuff. (laughs) um, You know, didn't Mm -hmm. stick with it, but uh, got a couple bucks here and there. Didn't that didn't you know move the needle fully? That's not true. I actually got a couple jobs that probably covered like one of my printers maybe. But uh, it's it's all about getting experience. Getting you know, getting to the next thing uh, and inspiring yourself with new ideas and new communities and you know, all of all of that. So, mm-hmm. so very cool. Um, we, I think, would be. I'm gonna say we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you in terms of just like, what, as, what advice I guess would you have for somebody in a similar space? Because I think there's a lot of people out there that I've encountered that are are kind of noodling. How do I take this a little bit further? So based on how far you are and what you're doing, what would you recommend if you could go back to stage zero and do this all again to somebody else that might be thinking about getting started with a a little design business and in uh, product design or CAD design or or modeling and that stuff?
1: Um, I guess going back, Make sure you learn the software, I guess, that that you're going to be using and just keep doing it. You know, don't worry about kind of what other people think. Just do what you like to do. Um, Kind of learn from that. Um, Be all right with making mistakes Mm -hmm. um, because it's all a learning process. I guess those things, yeah. You know, there's definitely there's been a lot of different learning curves that I've hit. You know, originally sending models out to, to Shapeways before I could even print anything, and then mm. they would send the files back like, oh, you know, there's you know reversed axes here, and you've got to change this and fix this. So Not I was just manifold. like, oh, why? Yeah, yeah why yeah. is it like this? The manifold, and I'm just like, yeah, oh. so frustrated, and felt like sometimes I'm like, what am I even doing? This isn't really working. Mm. But then just kept kind of sticking with it, and and you know, realizing that each stage that you go through, you're going to, you're going to, there's going to be kind of obstacles. And the more you just continue doing it, you can overcome those obstacles and really just make sure that you enjoy it. You know, that you're not, that you're doing it for the right reasons, that it's something that you really are passionate about that you want to do. And well said, have a try for, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I think a lot of people just start doing without really even thinking about what those reasons might be. Wait, wait. Why am I doing this? Like, what is it? What is the point right. here? Uh, and and a lot of times, just exploring and uh, learning is a perfectly valid and great reason. So we're saying, like, we hear the term "fail fast" a lot of the time, or whatever. But mm-hmm. even failing slow is fine. Like, I I think we as humans don't really give ourselves credit for the experience as much as we should. You know, we look back and we're like, I don't have a lot to show for, because we think like, well, my you know bank account's not any or full or wh- whatever, but you know, you're, you're every day, your life, you've experienced more things. You're in a better position potentially to, you know, get to the next step. Uh, we just don't give ourselves credit for that progress along the way a lot of the time, which I think is interesting. I don't know. You agree with that?
1: Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Yeah, I think you have to kind of reward yourself with small victories, you know? Um, even if they're they don't feel like big victories, you can kind of make them into to big victories in your life. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of like self positivity that kind of feeds feeds back on itself.
0: Yeah, one of the uh, really smart things that I feel like you do that I don't know if it's it's you know mindfully strategic or if it's just something you just kind of intuited. Uh, but but your your desire to um, Pair with successful things uh, and and build on top of them. So the Gridfinity example, uh, y- you know, using these new systems and being uh, helping promote, you know, new features on things and and printables and winning the design com you know competitions. Things where it's like, be part of the community, uh, invest your time and energy in finding ways to um, kind of tether in with successful things that are already out there. Right, rather than trying to build mm-hmm. something for scratch, because anybody right. can go and create a website and make their own forum and all that stuff. But it's like going to be crickets out there if you don't right. know. And so it's like there's some so many sure. great ways to inject yourself into the conversation uh, for visibility. Uh, right. Is, yeah, is that... you don't
1: necessarily want to be an island. You know, you don't want right. to be an island out there in the ocean. And mm-hmm. I think uh, you know I've been really involved now with um, Twitch in the last uh, year and a half, and just following a lot of the people and. Learning things from them and then just kind of just meeting all those people, you know, at the at the Rocky Mountain Rip Rap Festival and just seeing what the community is about and, you know, respecting the community and understanding where it comes from mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and also kind of, you know, trying to become part of that community community. Um, different ways.
0: Well, that, and that's that's we let's not gloss over that because I think that's a piece mm-hmm. that a lot of people miss that it, it's a two-way street, right? So it's like we mm-hmm. we want to rely on the community to help us, but you need to go be active and participate. And I think there's a lot of it, I think it just depends on your mindset, but I think this is a big thing that a lot of entre- entrepreneurial minded people can tend to miss when they're not necessarily of the same social mentality. I think that, you know, Coming from an open source background myself and using a lot of open source tools and relying on other people in the same space, there's an inherent community built into those things. And I realized that I want to contribute back on projects that I have definitely, you know, I always say we're always, Mm -hmm. we're all built on the shoulders of giants to some extent. If you dive back far enough in almost every aspect of your life, like we get to shortcut so many things Mm -hmm. because of all the work that people that came before us got to do. And Mm -hmm. so having an appreciation for that and recognizing that, yes, this community helps you, but I need to also help the community, that synergistic effect is just so, it cannot be overstated. And the more you amplify that by participating in more communities, broader communities, different communities, being accepting of different perspectives and stuff. This is why Mm -hmm. like being a good player, and I'm not trying to make this a political thing, but The more Mm -hmm. open-minded and inclusive you are to broader communities, I've seen in my life that you're way more likely to have success than uh, the the people that are like, we are this way and we are walled off and these are our principles and everybody else is the enemy. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big challenge with a lot of what we see and hear in this day and age. It's a a digression for business, but I think it really matters and a lot of people miss that nuance.
2: Mm
1: I don't know. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think you're really right. Um, you know, I'm just def- definitely trying to integrate myself more with the community. I'm thinking about getting back into streaming mm-hmm. so that I can, uh, obviously, for marketing Very purposes, cool. it would be great to share a lot of my techniques and showing how I put the models Absolutely. together. You know, um, it's just a matter of finding the time yep. to do that um, <laughs> and figuring out, you know, I've got, I've got grand ideas. I've been, like, for the last year working on all these little, uh, doing a lot of video editing stuff that, I, that I'm learning. Um, I like to do a lot of kind of retro videos where it's kind of artistic yeah. blends of different things and I so I I have this whole catalog of things that I'm just kind of waiting to like okay I'm going to start streaming again and but I've just been kind of sitting back and watching and just become becoming part of the community and connecting with people that you know are kind of like-minded but then also maybe not like-minded just to to understand yeah. what the space is and and try not to be divisive like you know i don't like mm-hmm. kind of conflict within the space so it's a matter of finding that balance of um you know being engaged without kind of uh stirring up the pot or yeah, kicking the, hornet's, it, nest. Poking <laughs> the, the yeah. hornet's nest yeah <laughs> yeah that type mm-hmm. of thing because I, I am pretty like a uh, you know friendly person oh, yeah. and I, I don't like controversy so sure it's I, i'm looking at you know the balance of how do i do this and and then do the business and, you know, all that type of stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, let's be realistic. I think it's like a lot of times it's like family. It's like there's always, you know, the one black sheep of the family. It's not one. It's like communities have just different dynamics and there's people with different desires and motivations and stuff like that. Sure. And so you can't go in, I mean, we, tr- we try to do our best to moderate and, and, and make it as inclusive uh, for everyone, but it can be a real drag. I've, I've seen a lot of people burn out on a, on it because uh, like you, they just, we, we're conflict avoidance is pretty common stuff. Like people don't want that. It creates stress. It creates all kinds of interesting mm-hmm. things. There's so many psychological components to this. But uh, it is something that you need to navigate, especially if you're getting mm-hmm. into business, um, because the expectations change dramatically when people start paying their hard-earned for something and they want support or they have, you know, expectation of a certain quality and you know all that stuff. And so, it's not to say that. You need to grow a thick skin. I mean, just by itself, mm. you do definitely need to like learn how to like navigate that. But part of it is like insulating yourself and, and learning how to um, uh, handle that, you know, conflict in a different way. You might decide. Right. I think a lot of people decide not to do the business because of that. You know, they they just don't think about those elements of it and what a drag that can be. Andrew, why don't you talk on that for a second cuz I know you, you know, you get experiences just as much as anybody else. For the most part, very positive, but there's always going to be a couple bad apples that that really outweigh mm-hmm. the they tax your emotion, you know, h- far more than well, anybody sure. else,
2: right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it, <laughs> it, it it's 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 really that simple. I I mean, it, you know, I don't really know if there's a whole lot else to go into other other than it's just, (laughs) <laughs> you know there's 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 some good ones there's some bad ones <laughs> fair, fair enough uh, fair enough i
0: think i i think what i'm alluding to is like that's always um mm-hmm. uh you know i i want to try to advise people getting started when they and chris didn't ask for this so this is unsolicited advice mm-hmm. but it's always just like <laughs> going with open eyes keeping not keep in mind that the, the the this is the reality mm-hmm. of it and then you know yep. like let's let's try to be realistic about what what's going to work and and honestly you know, you're, you may be far better insulated from that as a kind of an artistic type offering certain types of things than like a very technically heavy product or something like that. It's a different mm-hmm. experience, I think for, for everyone, but you know, managing expectations, I think is a common thread for pretty much any business. Right. So right. Mm-hmm. do with that as you will. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Well, well was... I
1: like that there's all these different spaces, you know, like there's there's designers, there's people that are more technically oriented um, with machines. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that there's a variety of, of different approaches to the community.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, You'd mentioned, you know, sales marketing, you know, doing video editing and streaming and all those things. We've got these great tools that are disposable our disposal for, for getting the message out and sharing your stuff. Now, when you're when you're so visually um, that your, your product is very visually intensive. It's you can't Mm -hmm. describe you have to see it. You have to hold it's almost like even Mm -hmm. the video, even the, you know, is not the same experience as like like I was saying, having it in your hand and understanding the heft and the feel of this thing and the perception of quality and stuff. Um and the amount of time that you can take and invest in having those I think it's fantastic. If you can do I always say video is way better than still a picture is worth a thousand words. A video is worth, you know, a million sometimes. And who knows what the future will hold, but 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 that's why we go to the next step and say, go to these events in real life, because right. that in mm-hmm. person is like the next level. And I, I don't Definitely. know that it ever gets really much better than the, the the tangible. Um I know we see tech dabbling in it with the idea of like, oh, if we can just introduce, you know, virtual reality and we have three <laughs> tools and stuff like that, but it's never the same, right? What does it feel right. like? What is it how do I use all of my senses to experience it? What does it smell like? Maybe that's important to some people. If, if stuff's made out of resin and it's got that little, you know, uh, thing now it's cured resin. So it's not like, sure. you know, sure, but it, there's a different perception of it. Right. And right. those little things are what make all the difference in terms of how your customers perceive, you know, the, the experience it's a sensory experience. First and foremost, I don't know.
1: Right. And I, I think I'm getting really excited to do more events and then also potentially more of these, um, you know, sales events, because the experience that I had at Rocky Mountain uh, RepRap Festival was just incredible. The amount of people that wanted to talk to me about, you know, what I was doing and then just the the, the feedback back and forth, I think, is so much more than what you would get online, even, you know, just, just a few comments or what have you. Yeah. You kind of really make those connections, um, which is important, definitely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, at first I was like, oh, I'm going to be nervous about this. And I shouldn't be because one of the other jobs that I've had was a, a, I was a DJ for weddings and, you know, I've done like the mic stuff. I The list of things that I've done as jobs, you guys would be kind of blown away by some of the things that I've done in the past. But it's like, you know, I get these ideas. I want to do this. I want to see where how this goes. And you know i think this 3d stuff is what i've kind of settled on here at this point in my life but yeah yeah, like i said these events i think are really important and i'm looking to to figure out the monetization part of it right um you know actually making the sales and seeing the people you know enjoying my stuff and taking it away i felt bad because i didn't have anything you know i had a few things to give away and i should have given away more at uh at the rep rep fest but you know, it's a learning process and that's I hope great. to attend next year. I'd, I'd love to go to the other ones. Um, yeah. You know, in the future and just, and kind of do more of it because it was really exciting and, and just had the, the best time.
0: That's, that's awesome. And I think too. it was
1: the best thing for exposure. I mean, even more so than, you know, my, my social media accounts, which I'm looking to hopefully expand. I love Instagram because of the visual quality right. of it. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the, everybody's just like, do, you know you should do tiktok and i just like yeah you know the whole the whole tiktok thing of of do i do tiktok or do i not and
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: well you know it's those
1: are all pretty standard things i think that people are going through especially people you know at my age yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. hitting tiktok not to be ageist or whatever but it's just like uh you know another social media platform but it seems to have the most exposure right now and you know So I'm looking to expand those out and, you know, get on Reddit maybe too. Things has really been driven a lot by Reddit. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm kind of learning what that's more about.
0: It's the, just managing social media in and of itself is more than a full time job, right? And so it's like, given the amount of hours in the day and all that stuff, a lot of times it's, it's all about going where the eyeballs are. And you have to be able in the marketing world to adapt in terms of, like, okay, people don't do magazine advertising anymore. What are we doing now? We're doing billboards. Oh, we don't do billboards anymore. We're doing radio. We're not doing radio anymore. We're doing television. We're not doing television anymore. We're doing streaming, you know? And so. Mm-hmm. So this is the this is, this is more of the same, uh, and it's interesting with social media because now we've really started to segment, right. like you've said, like generationally, um, right? Like nobody that's I'm not, I'm saying this mm-hmm. stereotypically, but nobody that's on TikTok is really doing Facebook. Nobody that's doing Twi- not nobody, there is crossover, <laughs> but there is very clear segmentation, especially with sure right, especially with Facebook and TikTok. I would say maybe Insta to some extent and Twitter as well. Um, YouTube seems to have spanned in my perception in terms of like looking at age demographics. Yes, definitely it skews a little bit younger, but uh, in terms of like video sharing platform, it is, you know, the thing. So it's very easy to see like when you're looking at it and say, oh, I've got a limited amount of time and what's gonna expand my reach? Is it Twitch? Is it YouTube? And it depends too. Am I live streaming or am I doing cultivated edited videos or, or shorts, you know? Um, right Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people have settled on shorts myself included because it's like the the lowest common denominator for a lot of these things right it's uh least amount of potential production good bang for the buck good bang for the buck Mm -hmm. good bang for the buck if i was gonna Mm -hmm. say if you're gonna pick one thing and I, i i think i think it crosses over decently well i think there's a lot there's people that are on tiktok that (laughs) I don't think there's any faking it out, uh, faking a lot of people out, especially like when it comes to the Gen Z younger crowd, like, um, you know, they're going to like what they like. And, uh, if it's, if they're being sold to, if it doesn't vibe with like the organic nature that I think TikTok was built upon, where it's just like kind of more for fun, um, I've always seen like the more you do toward providing information to people and the less Mm -hmm. selling, uh, the better social media tends to work. Like I don't tend to use it the way that some companies do where it's like, oh, you know, $20 off promo. Sometimes we do. Most of the time it's like, hey, check this out. This is a new design we're working on or whatever, because they want to feel like they're in on the process. And you are just so poised to succeed at that regardless of platform. I think TikTok people would love it. I think Twitter, I think Etsy, you know, all, all of it, everything, uh, YouTube, Insta, but I can completely understand why you have to kind of pick and choose what's what's familiar.
1: Right, you know? well, I need to work on figuring out how I wanna do it too, where it's not just my products, mm-hmm. where it's gonna be potentially me you know, talking about things and putting my face out there yeah, uh, more than I have, I think yeah. is gonna be important in the future.
0: Absolutely. The human element is everything, especially if Mm -hmm. this is, if you're not, if you're not trying to be, you know, venture funded business and all this stuff, like if you're trying to bootstrap and, you know, go from from the bottom up, anytime you're telling the story about here's who I am, here's what you're supporting. That organic nature, I think is a, is a very, very successful approach time and time again, Andrew, you would you concur?
2: Absolutely. I mean, the organic piece is, is, is everything I think in terms of the growth and just, you know, success of where we've been. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Great
0: guys. Listen, this has been a pleasure. We've done a solid 60 here. Uh Chris, I wish you seriously, all this success. I can't wait to see you at the next event and see some of your streaming. And if of course, if there's Same. anything we can do to help shine a light, we are more than happy to do so. Um, Again, guys, go take a look at his stuff. His link tree is in the bio, his his things and his Etsy and all that stuff. Support your local makers as we do. Uh, if you've joined us in the chat and stayed with us this long, we thank you for your your likes, your comments, your subscribes, your bringing friends along. That all makes a difference. Uh, I wish everybody an incredibly enjoyable, relaxing weekend uh, ahead of you. I hope you're doing something fun and exciting, getting out and touching some grass and enjoying some nature too, please. Uh, Don't forget the importance of that. And uh, we will catch you uh, on our next episode of Maker That Money. Until then, everybody say goodbye.